You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast and news update covering your Houston Texans. And as always, please remember to follow Locked On Texans on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, and unfortunately, I am in the studio by myself, but that does not mean I do not have a great show for you in store. Our journey through the AFC North crossover will take us to the Motor City as I will be joined by Matt Derry, host of Locked On Lions. But before we get into all that good stuff, I just want to remind you guys that this episode is brought to you in part by Built Bar. And ladies and gentlemen, if you are looking for a great way to get your protein or, or just something that can help you get that healthy snack or healthy breakfast treat, Built Bar is the way to go. And I'm a living witness. Every single morning, I start my day off with a Built Bar, most noticeably with my favorite flavor, Banana Nut Bread. And boy, does it get me going. I know you guys have been hearing a lot about Built Bar over the past couple of days. And ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know what all the fuss is about, I am encouraging you to give it a try when you place your first order at BuiltBar.com. Remember, use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. As I alluded to prior to the break, we will continue our tour through the NFC North, and today we are making our final stop in the Motor City. It is a pleasure to have with me today Matt Derry, host of Locked On Lines. What's going on, Matt? Cody, Locked On Texans, great to hear your voice and uh, talk a little Detroit and Houston. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. First and foremost, how are you and your family doing during this um, difficult time with the pandemic? Doing all right, staying healthy, uh, obviously banging out these shows each and every day, working from home, which is uh, a blessing for me, and uh, we're hanging in. How about you? Um, same thing. You know, working from home is a blessing. You know, you know, real quick before we get into the show, with the whole coronavirus situation forcing all of us home, forcing all of us to work from home, do you get a sense of you actually have a little bit more time than you than you would normally do just spending extra quality time with your family? Because that, that's the that's the best thing I've, I've taken away through all of this. Oh, no question about it, man. Uh, happy to be married to my best friend and uh, have, have three great kids. And and certainly, like you said, it's it, it can get a little wild at times, a little frustrating, certainly, because it's a cabin fever central here. But no, man, yeah. I, I complain at all, no doubt. And, and I think you and I are lucky, too. Now we could talk NFL football. It's it's still something that is is hopping and hot. We have the draft and schedule release. So the league's doing its best to kind of help us through this, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, speaking of NFL, let's jump right into it. And you know, the Detroit Lions they have been an interesting team ever since I've been watching football. Let's say about the early two <laughs> thousand, and for nearly two decades. They have been mediocre at best. You know, you guys only made the playoffs three times since the year 2000. And at this point, heading into the 2020s, what can the Lions do to get back to some sense of relevancy? 
Well, you know, I, I think, Cody, when you look at what the Detroit Lions bring to the table right now, it's obviously they've got the quarterback. They feel like they've got this revamped running game. Um, but the defense is a huge, huge question mark. I don't think there's any question the offense can can handle their business and do a nice job, but it's it's the defense. You know, you, you're the second worst defense in the league last year. You were dead last against the pass. You lose two of arguably your best defensive in Snacks Harrison, who wanted out and got released, and Darius Slay, who wanted out and got traded. So you replaced him with Jeffrey Okuda and, and, and Danny Shelton and some other guys that are going to come in. The defense is going to have a different look to it. But in year five now of Bob Quinn as general manager and year three of Matt Patricia as head coach, something has to change. Uh, nine wins in two seasons with 22 losses and a tie is, is not acceptable. And as you guys know, in Houston, there's people wanting to run Bill O'Brien out of town, but all, all B.O.B. does every year is win at least divisions and get into the playoffs. So I think the Lions would they die to win the division. Oh, my gosh, it's been 90 since they've actually won the division. <laughs> you know, we're going to get into um, the, the Bill O'Brien side of things a little bit later. But you mentioned two guys that I'm actually intrigued by. That's um, Jeff Okuda and Julian Okora. As bad as the. Lions defense has been and you mentioned that this past offseason they have parted ways with Harrison and Darius Slave. Do you believe that Okuda and Okora has what it takes to become the foundational piece in helping this Lions defense to transition into the right the right direction? Yeah, I don't know. I look I like both picks and A minus if you want to talk draft from 2020. I think Bob Quinn did a nice job actually. Uh, Julian O'Quara is a missing piece. They need an edge rusher. They need somebody that from the edge can get to the passer. They spent $18 million last year, a year on Trey Flowers. And while he had a decent year, and they they claimed that he graded out a lot better than he looked, he was not a consistent pass rush guy. Uh, so O'Quara, if he can come in as a, as a third-round pick and get it done, uh, fantastic. They need that. As far as Okuda, he has to be a star. If you're top five and you're taking a corner at three, First time a cornerback's been taken in the top three since 1997. He's got to be a Pro Bowl guy. Now, I'm not saying right away, but in the next few years, he's got to be your Darius Slay and hopefully even better. Um, that's been the, a big issue here is, is good players have been leaving. Like I said, Snacks Harrison, Darius Slay, Quandre Diggs, uh, very good safety, uh, sent packing in the middle of last season for a fifth round pick. That's what the culture's been. It's been guys that have been unhappy. Guys that have chirped a little bit, Quinn and Patricia, run them out and get them out. And you can't have all choir boys. You can't have all uh, guys that are all 100% bought into the same system or you'll have robots. So that's been an issue. Uh, but to answer your original question, Okuda and Okwara have got to come in along with DeAndre Swift, their second round pick. Those guys have got to make big, big, flashy plays right away because this is, like I said, year five of Quinn, year three of Patricia. They finish last again. There, there could be some major changes. Hmm. Were you surprised by the Lions' decision to select a corner with the third overall pick? No, because I knew it was a position of need. Uh, Detroit was trying to trade back, maybe with Miami at five, maybe with the Chargers at six. It didn't work out, so they had to take the guy they felt was the best on their board, and also fill the gigantic need. You know, no more Slay. Desmond Trufant's in. They've got a nice slot corner in Justin Coleman, who's not bad, but probably a little bit overpaid. They needed that second outside corner, and Okuda fits the bill. So, no, it didn't surprise me at all. Mm. Switching over to the other side of the ball, you know, 
Matt Stafford has been one of the most underrated talents in this league ever since he entered. I believe it was like 20, 2009 to 2010, somewhere along those lines. And he has, he has consistently been a pretty good quarterback, um, you know, especially when you take a look at his touchdown to interception ratio. It's been fairly good, to say the least. Given the lack of success he has had in Detroit and the injury plague season he, he had in 2019, do you feel that the Lions could potentially move on from Stafford at the con- at the conclusion of this upcoming season? Because if I'm not mistaken, he does still has two years remaining, which means they will have to try to find a trade partner, correct? Correct. So he signed through 2022, three more years. But after the season, like you just said, that cap number, if they were to trade him, would come down. It wouldn't be this giant burden. If they would have traded him this offseason and let's say, okay, we're going to go with two at three, and, and, and draft a quarterback of the future, um, they would have had to have been on the hook for, you know, that, that would have been a cap hit and, and dead cap money of like 28 to $30 million. So here's the thing, and Cody, Cody Davis, again, locked on Texans with me here. They don't, they love him. Mm-hmm. The organization loves him. The ownership loves him. He's great in the community. He's not a great quarterback. He's got great talent, but he's not a great quarterback. He's had some very good years. Hasn't led this team to any significant winning, but he is the best they have. And as long as the ownership, Martha Ford and her daughter, Sheila, that run this thing, as long as they're in charge, in my opinion, he's, he's not going anywhere. So if you, was the, if you was the GM, would you move on from Stafford? Because the way I'm looking at it is that Detroit might be in a situation to be the next Cincinnati Bengals. And what I mean by that is, yes, you you have a starting quarterback, but there is a guy in the upcoming draft by the name of Trevor Lawrence. I'm pretty sure you are familiar with him out of Clemson. Sure. He can actually come in and actually change the direction of the franchise the same way Joe Burrow is expected to change change the direction of the, of the franchise in Cincinnati. If you was the GM, would you take that route knowing that you have what could be a generational talent in Lawrence coming out? in 2021 NFL draft? No, I I mean, look, there are fans that would love a change like that. They would love to see the hot, sexy new quarterback come in and take over this franchise. I think that there are plenty of fans that feel the way that you do. Uh, But I think this organization feels like coming into 2020, a healthy Matthew Stafford, despite missing the last two seasons, end of last two seasons with those broken bones in his back, he's the guy. And he's on the hook for $28 million this year. They haven't signed through two, three years. There is that sentiment in town. Not everybody, but some fans, some media members, who would love to see just an entire blow-up of this situation. And like you said, start fresh, accumulate picks, trade staff, and then get Lawrence or, or somebody. But I don't think they're doing it. I think they're looking at this like, this is our year. Uh, we're going to turn this around. We've had a good draft. They feel like they did well in free agency. And... Bears draft was meh. The Packers draft was horrible. Maybe there's some momentum here. That's what they they feel and they think. And publicly, uh, they're behind Stafford uh, all the way, Cody. So we'll see what happens. Hmm. For someone like yourself, um, how, how long have you been following the Lions? So I moved here in August of 1986, uh, working at the all sports radio station here for 13 years, WDFN, then going to the next one, the ticket. Um, hmm. And one up. I've been following this franchise. Like I said, about 20, what, what is that, 23, 24 years. Uh, so, you know, I think I've, you know, I think I've become a a, 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 a Lions fan pretty well. It's been a long time, no matter if you're a 
a fan of 20 years, 30, 40, you know, back to seven, Cody is, is a long time. I want to ask you about the Titans uh, or Texans when we come back, but, uh, and then ask you that same question uh, out of the break. Is that good? Yes, sir. Sounds good to me. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bars are tasty. Not none of that bland, no flavor bars. No, none of that. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Who doesn't like candy bar? Snickers, Mr. Good Bar, the whole nine. But it's just a little bit more better for you. 16 amazing flavors. Eight chocolate nut flavors. Eight chocolate nut free flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy like me. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, which is what you really need if you're really trying to get a little bit healthier. Flavor profile here, peanut butter brownie, 20 grams protein, 170 calories, 3 grams sugar, 3 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back, Matt Derry, Locked On Lions, Cody Dick on Texas Division Crossover. Lions will host Houston coming up at Ford Field this season. We'll find out on Thursday just when that is. Cody, give me your background on the Texans, how long you've been following them, and, and what are your impressions of the organization? I basically moved to Houston because I'm originally from New Orleans. So I moved to Houston in the summer of 2004, which means the Texans were still a baby in the NFL. I believe they were only in their third season. And, um, you know, so I've actually watched this organization grow from 2004 to where we are now. And there have been some good times and there have been a lot of bad times, a lot of head scratching times where it's like, man, that should not have happened. But overall, you know, I've, been watching this team for almost coming up on 20 years and um you know it's just been a fun ride overall can't complain tell me about the offseason and uh, you know bill o'brien basically now running both the coaching part of it and upper management how did that go over in houston <laughs> well first and foremost let me just say that a lot of people especially after they blew that lead against the kansas city chiefs a lot of people wanted to see bill o'brien out but yeah. they did the complete opposite. Not only did they keep him, they gave him the official title as general manager, which was not surprising given the direction the team was going after they had fired Brian Gain and they start you started hearing rumblings that they were not interested in looking into another general manager. So that was kind of a given. But when you take a look at this offseason as a whole, you already know what happened. They traded DeAndre Hopkins. They, they brought in a guy in David Johnson. You have a – you didn't get a first-round pick. You got a second-round pick out of it. You go out and get guys like Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks. The, the it's, it's two ways you can look at this, and I'm trying to get everyone to understand the – try to take the positive on – although it hurt to see Hopkins, one of, if not arguably, the best player in this franchise that this franchise has ever had, Although it hurts to see him leave, especially in the prime of his career, Bill O'Brien has placed this team in a situation where it might not be as bad as people may think. And I only say that due to the fact that you take a look at the Texans over the past couple of years. With Hopkins on the field, it was basically give the ball to DeAndre Hopkins and let him go to work, let him go to work, let him do his thing. But 
last year I started no- noticing a change that Bill O'Brien did not want to go through Hopkins all the time because once your offense becomes stagnant, it's easier for the opposing teams to stop you. You take Hopkins out of this equation and you replace him with guys like Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, and even David Johnson to a certain extent. You now place the Texans in a situation where they have multiple guys out on the field who can create plays. I mentioned Brandon Cooks. We still have Will Fuller. Um, you, you still have Kenny Stills if he is still on the roster by the time the 2020 season starts. And then you also have we also have a solid tight end in Darren Fells. The Texans now have multiple weapons led by arguably one of the best young quarterbacks in the league in DeAndre in Deshaun Watson. The Texans are in a position where they can actually be better than what we've seen over the last two years. I know in I know on the short term of things, especially when you're thinking of emotions, you might sit there and be like, man, how can the Texans be better when they gave up DeAndre Hopkins? But if you take a look at how much versatility this offense now has the only thing that can stop this team is health and i and i say this basically every day i come on the show if the texans can stay healthy especially guys like will fuller and and david johnson this team can actually be better and more dangerous than what we saw the past two to three seasons cody davis locked on texans matt Derry locked on lions it is the division crossover uh, we could go all day cody on both uh, and then the Hopkins thing. Tell me about defensively. Where, where will this team go? And the Lions face this coming season. Houston had in the draft. And, and what do you think about them stopping people? Wait, say that again. You was cutting in and out. I'm sorry. A defense of the Texans right now. Well, the Texans defense has been kind of, you know, basically throughout the whole 2010 decade, the Texans took pride in having a great defensive team, of course, led by J.J. Watt, arguably one of the best defensive linemen in NFL history, as a matter of fact. But with Watt getting up, getting up there in age and the fact that Bill O'Brien saw fit that it was time to part ways with Jadavion Clowney, the Texans defense took a dramatic hit in 2019, especially when you take a look at their front seven and their ability to attack the um, pass rush. But... Heading into 2020, they are in a position where they can actually be a little bit of a de- be a little bit better of a defensive team. And I only say that due to the fact that they drafted a guy in the third round by the name of Jonathan Grenard. Now, Grenard led the SEC in sacks last season for the Gators, and I believe that he's going to be the next best thing when you when you talk about the Texans defense. The secondary was kind of shaky, but we got an extra year in Lonnie Johnson Jr. You got Justin Reed coming back. The Texans secondary is going to be a lot better heading into next season. I'm still kind of worried about in their front seven, especially due to the fact that we lost DJ Reader. But when you add a guy like Jonathan Grenard in, a rookie who is going to come in, has has an opportunity to learn from J.J. Watt, and he already has a player a player comparison saying that he reminds other scouts of a very young Jadavion Clowney that lets you know that the Texans has something in Grenard and moving forward I do believe we're going to see a better defensive team next year I'm not too sure if it's going to reach the height where it was let's say in 2015-2016 when we had the Watt and Clowney you know going back and forth it's going to get better it's going to take some time so 
I, I like the Ross Blacklock pick um, that you guys had at, at, at number 40 in the second round. You went defense the first, what, um, you know, three of your four, uh, first three out of your four picks were defensive players. Yeah, it had to. And, you know, that wasn't surprising because prior to the draft, we sat in on a Bill O'Brien press conference and he talked about how, how important it was to build this team on the defensive side and having Ross Blacklock, as you mentioned, he's another guy that I'm looking forward to seeing because like I mentioned, we lost a lot in that front seven with DJ Reader and DJ Reader was the one guy who was, who was basically able to take over the reign as the best defensive player when you talk about that front seven due to the fact that one J.J. Watt is getting up there in age and two the last couple of years let's say throughout the last four years he has been battling injuries now with Reed taken out of the equation we needed somebody to come in yes he's not a nose tackle but we needed somebody to come in and help kind of reshape and revamp that defensive front seven and you know I, I say this to John and I say this to a couple of people and I do believe you know if Grenard and Blacklock could develop together and learns and learn the ins and out of the NFL. I believe we're going to see the next version of the Watt and Clowney duo, just like we saw in 2015. Cody, it was a lot of fun, man. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Yes, sir. I can't wait to chat with you down the road when the Texans and Lions face off in the regular season. No question about it. There he is, Cody Davis, Locked on Texans. Matt Derry, Locked on Lions. This is the division crossover for another day. We'll talk to you soon. That was Matt Derry, host of Locked on Lions. And you can hear the frustration and just the agony in his voice as he talks about the lions especially when i brought up the fact that the lions only made the playoffs three times over the past 20 years and before i let you guys go let me let me just say this down here in houston we have seen a lot of head scratching moves whether that's on the field in the front office or as the organization as a whole we have been through a lot with this organization. Even when you go back a month ago and you pulled out your phone, you're looking at your TV and you and you see and you got word of the news that DeAndre Hopkins was traded to the Arizona Cardinals. Even in the midst of all of that, I know that this team has ran your blood pressure up to the point you probably wouldn't even be here right now. But ladies and gentlemen, regardless of what the Texans do, I want you to remember this. The Texans in their short history since 2002 has had more success than the Detroit Lions. And I only say that due to the fact since 2000, once again, wrap your head around this, since 2000, the Lions have only qualified for the playoffs three times. Three times. Now, I know this team makes you mad. And we're talking about a franchise who had David Carr and Brock Osweiler as their starting quarterback one time or another. Once again, three playoff appearances since the year 2000. And to understand how long that is in 2000, 
I was still living in New Orleans. That's how long that's been. In 2000, there was no such thing as a Houston Texan. I, I just wanted I just wanted to break it down and simplify how long it's been since the Detroit Lions have been a relevant team in this league. It's quite sad, and it can always be worse. It can always be worse. Locked On Texans only on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am Cody Davis, and please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. That's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. If you made it this far in the podcast, I salute you. Ladies and gentlemen, your boy Johnson Sports Guy Hickman will be back tomorrow. Apparently, he left me hanging because he wanted to get his hair done. If you don't know John, he got dreads and he said he, he had to get his hair redone. I don't know. Whoever doing his hair, I hope they sanitize and have face masks or whatever. I don't know. It could be a family member. I don't know. I just said okay so I could carry on the show, give you guys a show. And um, I'm going to make sure that John pay not only me but you guys back. So, for my boy John, please remember to follow him on Twitter as well at some sports guy. And yes, his name is Dr. John Hickman or something like that. I don't know. Just follow him on Twitter as well. Locked On Texans Podcast, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Peace. Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.